Welcome to the offer. The no sugar added approach to the talent triangle with an unfiltered view of employers, candidates, and recruiters. I am your host, Michael Glinter. The offer, unfiltered. Episode 24, Compensation, Why Companies Cannot or Will Not Negotiate, Where Are the Deep Pockets? This is a great topic because compensation has growing increasingly debated on what you can and cannot ask, as well as what companies should expect. So I want to get into some brief information before we get into the guest and talk a little bit about kind of compensation first. And then we have a special guest here that will help us also with some uh, other variable questions that I think that are very important. First off, I want to talk about laws. There are a list of, of states and cities where you no longer can ask an employee what their compensation is. Uh, California, Connecticut, Delaware, Hawaii, Illinois, Louisville, Kentucky, New Orleans, Louisiana, Massachusetts, Michigan, Kansas City, New York City, New Jersey, Oregon, Pennsylvania, Puerto Rico, Vermont, and Wisconsin. So a lot of different states now where you can't even ask a employee or a candidate potential what their current compensation is. So you can ask them, of course, you know what their expectations are, but you can't ask them what they're currently making, nor can you ask them what they were previously making. And that includes you cannot ask them what their bonus potential was, if they had stock, you just can't talk compensation, which makes it a lot more difficult for companies and candidates because companies a lot of times aren't willing to give out what their range is. And candidates many times, if you over if you overprice yourself or go beyond the range in theory, it really takes you out of the running. I tell candidates all the time when you're interviewing for a job just to tell people, pay me what you think I'm worth versus me giving you a number because I want to evaluate the entire uh, the entire job, the responsibilities and everything before I tell you this is what I want. The problem in theory with that is is companies don't want to go through the entire process of interviewing somebody and then all of a sudden that person's not taking the job because they don't they don't they can't offer enough. As a company, something else that you really seriously need to understand is that when a candidate says that they're willing to take X dollars, that's under the guise or understanding that what they understand as far as the job. But when a candidate may go in and look at an opportunity and see what it's all about and realize that it's going to be a lot more work than they originally anticipated, they may t want more. They may not take the money that they originally said. I love it when can companies get frustrated when a candidate says they'll take 65 and then the candidate comes back after the interview and says, no, I really want 70. And when the company says, well, I don't understand why. And, and when I tell them, well, once they saw what, what was going to be entailed in the amount of work, they feel like it's worth more. The companies get mad. Well, I, listen, not every place is going to be pristine perfect and not every job is going to be exactly what the job description says. And you can't blame a candidate when they go into a, a situation or a, a, an environment and it's not what it was supposed to be or not what it was expected. I, I don't want companies to be so reactive. Understand why suddenly the applicant wants more. Understand what may have come up or what they've seen 
that may drive their reason for higher compensation. And maybe you can somehow talk them back down. Maybe you can address those concerns. But don't immediately assume just because a candidate is asking for more money after the fact that they're just trying to strong arm you. They're probably just trying to get paid what they believe the position and how that was presented to them is worth to them. Couple of things that I wanna cover as far as companies go. A lot of times candidates complain that a job is not paying enough or they want more money, but what they really don't understand and I think is important to understand is companies don't pay people you know, whatever they want. You know, especially larger companies, there's internal equity you have to look at. First of all, they have to look at how much the person above them is making. Secondly, they have to look at what have they paid other people coming into this role. And so I get uh, you know, complaints from candidates like, well, I don't understand why they can't pay me $5,000 more. It's not a matter of them wanting to pay you $5,000 more. It has nothing to do with it. It really a lot of times has to do with internally what the issues are when it comes to internal equity. That can be a, a really you know, important aspect on what, why they are not paying you, you know, what exactly you're worth. So I want to talk a little bit about negotiating salaries. When you're talking to a recruiter or a staffing professional, make sure you're transparent. If they ask you what your compensation is, don't be, don't get on the defensive. A lot of times recruiters ask about compensation not to, to lowball you, but really so they can understand what positions to put in front of you. Like what positions, what positions would you consider? If you're making 80,000, they don't wanna call you about a $60,000 a year job. So, so understand when recruiters ask you, what, what are you currently making? Uh, I'm speaking of third party recruiters. Oftentimes it's just so that they can send you the right opportunities that, you know, that make sense. The other thing to really consider is most most recruiters, they're making their fee, their commission, so they get paid a fee based on the percentage of your salary. So most recruiters are not gonna lowball you. Most recruiters don't want a company to lowball you because they wanna make their fair share. And so it's really important to remember that. So don't be so defensive with recruiters. Don't be um, so argumentative with recruiters when it comes to pay. Usually pay with recruiters, third-party recruiters especially, usually pay and being honest with compensation could be of great benefit to you because they're going to try to get you as much money as possible or the biggest increase that's possible. There was a candidate one time that was making 65 and I got him, a, I got him an offer of 95. And so... You know, I did that because I knew I could. I could have easily gone and said, told the company to lowball the guy, but why would I do that? You know, it doesn't make sense. When you see a range on a job, don't expect to always get the high ends of the range. I love it when can't say, what's the range? And you tell them 50 to 60 and they say, great, I want 60,000. That's not how it works. Usually when people are given a salary, it's usually based on a lot of factors. And usually that range means that if I have the perfect candidate, this is what we could pay. Understand that usually when there's a range, you, you may not fall at the high end of the range. It may be somewhere in the middle of the range. Make sure you're ready to talk money when approached by it by a company. The one thing I will tell you is that every company that comes to you and says, what are you looking for or what can we do to get you on board? They're not necessarily looking for a back and forth. They're not necessarily looking for you to negotiate. 
Sometimes it's just a matter of give us a number and we'll pay you. But also be wary that the second you start negotiating an offer, whether it be through a recruiter or through a company, they can walk away at any time. So if they make you an offer of 50000 you tell them you won't take more than sixty or less than sixty, and they decide, well, we can't pay that, they don't have to come back and say that the offer still stands. They can actually walk away and say, you know what, forget about it. So make sure that you are very upfront and clear on what is it going to take for me to say yes, and what am I willing to walk away from before you just walk away. A lot of candidates will say, well, I'll ask for more than I want. And then if they come in, you know, where I'm at, then then I'll be fine. Candidates oftentimes will think to the mindset of that. I'll come in higher than the range, higher than the range, and they'll negotiate down into the range. But that's not a good theory because there's plenty of companies out there that will actually walk away. If you're too high above the range, they won't even negotiate. They won't even stay in conversation at that point. So don't think just because you're highballing that they're going to meet you in the middle. That's not how it works. Understand that there's always a chance that for whatever reason, if they can't, if you go above their range, that they don't come back and say, we're not interested. Don't forget to listen. When you're talking to somebody about salary, listen to what they have to say, but then it also in reverse, as a candidate, you need to listen what the other person has to say. Understand where they're coming from, understanding what benefits there are, understand what other perks there may be. You, you can't automatically assume anything just based off a of base compensation. There may be overtime involved, there may be a car allowance, there may be extra pay. So make sure that you hear the whole package and see the whole value of the package. And that includes cost of living. Is it cheaper to live there? You know, don't don't just get stuck on a number because numbers don't always mean everything. And I have had candidates take you know, huge pay cuts, 20% less than what they're making now because they want to go work for a company based on the company, not necessarily the pay. So you also have to figure out whether the value is of you taking the job for less money. Is it worth it if it's the right job, if it's the right company, and it's the right opportunity long term? And that's also considering other options like flexible time, work schedule, vacation time. Could they give you other incentives outside of comp that will get you to want to go work there and still compensate you in your eyes fairly. So don't, don't be hung up on salary. Make sure you look at all the variables. Make sure you consider all the options of what they could do from a compensation standpoint or, or a value standpoint. Be prepared to not necessarily take the number that you're looking for because at the end of the day, they may never come up to that number. Now, from a company or recruiter standpoint, understand the frustration from a candidate's perspective when they put a number out there and you come in lower than what their expectations are. Sometimes they, you know, if they tell you this is what it's going to take for me to move, there's a strong likelihood they're not going to take less. And, and as a recruiter, I can tell you what's really frustrating to me is when I tell a company this is what the guy's looking for. The only way the guy's going to make a move and accept this job is by paying them X. And then the company comes back and, and offers X minus 10. That, that just is nonsense. And from a recruiter's perspective, it's really a challenge because we've already told the candidate, the candidate's already told us, this is what we're looking for. And by you then coming back and going lower than what they clearly said is what they're looking for, 
it just makes for a very big problem as far as relationship-wise. And quite frankly, I had a candidate turn down a job. He was offered, he was looking for 68000 They came back and offered him 58000 He came back and said, Michael, listen, I'm not going to take less than sixty-five. This is ridiculous. Tell him to come back and give me a better offer. They came back and offered him sixty-two. And then the candidate said no. So then they came back when the candidate said no and said, okay, fine, we'll give you 65. And the candidate said no. And I said to the candidate, well, why are you saying no? They just came back at 65. He says, because I don't want to work for a company that plays games. And, you know, I, I can't say I didn't agree. I mean, it was kind of a, a crazy little back and forth. But at the end of the day, it wasn't right. It, it made no sense. And they kind of screwed the pooch. You know, they were the ones that that really kind of went beyond where they should have gone and and not been fair. So as a company, you need to be cognizant of the fact that candidates don't necessarily want to go back and forth either. Nobody wants this to turn into a car dealership where you're negotiating for a car. But also recognize the fact that, you know, there's some for both sides, there may be times and occasions and situations where you have to meet in the middle. You have to find a way to bridge that gap. And that's where I think we lose each other. And so as a candidate, you need to recognize the fact that companies can only do so much. They don't have unlimited pocketbooks. So understand that when they come back with an offer, it's not to be insulting. Let's try to figure out why the offer isn't what you want and what they could do, if anything, about it. And then on the flip side, as a candidate's perspective, you got to be willing to talk. If you really want a job, you're going to be willing to negotiate. If you don't really want a job, then just say you don't really want the job. It don't go back and forth and try to see if you can get some crazy salary, and if you can, then you'll take it. If you don't really want it, then just don't take it. I mean, that's it's that's common sense. So I want to get into some other more legal aspects of the compensation category and, and what to expect with compensation, but I want to bring in somebody who I feel comfortable with can, that can speak on a lot of those areas so that we can kind of understand the laws, understand the things that are out there, why companies do what they do, why candidates do what they do. And so I'm bringing in a special guest of mine that will hopefully be able to answer a lot of those questions and hopefully be able to give you guys some, some clear insight as far as what exactly do we do we look for in compensation? Why do we request what we do? What gaps are there? And really what's what the mindset and expectations are of the employer. So that will give everybody kind of a broader perspective and uh, enable everybody to really get an understanding as far as what, what to do and how to react and how to happen. Brought in a very special guest today. Jordan is a good contact of mine. I've known him for years. And also he has a extensive background in HR. I'd like to introduce, you know, Jordan so we can get things started. Good afternoon. How are you? Oh, I'm doing well, Jordan. How are you? Good, good. If 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 you're an employer, and I don't know the answer to this question, that's why I'm asking. If you're an employer, yes. can you ask a potential hire for a paycheck stub or something to prove that they're currently working? I, absolutely. You can actually ask someone, and although I'm not, I don't recommend it because there's no way to do it where it's not awkward, but I've had situations where where the pay rate wasn't was going to be an issue and where operational managers typically not hr managers and i'm thinking of one in particular about 10 years ago asked me can we just get a copy of, you know i don't mind paying him that amount 
but you know it's it's above the range, but we want him. But I'm not going to pay him that amount unless this is about matching an offer. So if he gives us a pay stub and that's his pay rate, we'll match it. Right, but now you can't. There's a problem though. Now you, a lot of states you can't even ask what they're making. You can't ask what. The, well, but here's the thing: you can't in, in in a whole bunch of states you couldn't ask somebody what their current salary is. Okay, but if you could, I don't I don't think you'd violate any of those laws if you were going to say to that person. Okay, we. I will agree to pay you. You you represent him because the, the person in any of the states where you, even where you can't ask, they can come out and say, "I'm currently making a hundred thousand dollars a year. I I can't accept a penny less." And I think if they came, if an, if a candidate came out and said that, I don't think in any state you'd be in trouble by saying, "Okay, prove it. We will pay you a hundred thousand as long as you can validate that number." Well, that's true. Once they bring, once they. Well, it's true, because I know it's true, because as a staffing company, we have these rules now, and the rule is is you cannot ask a person what their current compensation is. However, if they voluntarily provide that information, then it's fair game. All bets are off, because they put it out there. It's all about initiating that conversation. And if someone – but here's the thing. What if somebody says – I, I want 110000 because I'm currently making close to that. They're not saying that they're making one hundred and five. They're not saying they're making a They're not even telling you what they're making. Yeah. But they're saying they're making close to that. Then there's a gray area, which I don't even know the answer to. I probably have to get my legal person on the phone to know what the gray area is on can you then ask at that point. I don't think you can. I think that – the and, I, and I, I'll, I'll definitely verify this with her, but I think that – they have to be they have to be willing to voluntarily provide information about what exactly their pay is before you can go down that road of challenging them on their pay which has been really you know i get the whole equal pay thing which again is a a, a new yeah, topic in itself i get the whole equal pay thing the problem is 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 that you've got people now that are that are taking advantage of the system because of it. And, and I don't think it's right, but at the end of the day, it is what it is. The thing that I tell people all the time is you can ask for a million dollars. doesn't mean you're going to get it. A company doesn't have unlimited pockets. And so, no. you know, if a company says, listen, this is our offer, this is our offer, I'm sorry, and you, and you don't, you're not going to accept it. Well, you're making that choice voluntarily that you're not going to accept it. You're going to lose the job. Not the, I mean, yeah, would they be disappointed if they lose you? Sure, but at the end of the day, they don't have unlimited pocketbooks. No, and I think, though, some of that, my personal opinion, is that part of the reason over the years that equal pay be, became and perpetuates as an issue, and I'll just call out my profession as just poor HR work, because if you're looking at if you're looking at marketplace, you're looking at value, you're looking at individuals, you're not looking at gender. Because what And the reason that the laws passed is because, in fairness, people got lazy. It was easier to say, what are you making now? You're making 75, we'll pay you 80. Right. If what you were always looking at is what's the value of the job in the marketplace? What is What are the qualifications of the individual I'm hiring? What is this? You know, yeah, there'll be some variance, obviously, you know, and some pushback that someone will tell you that they're making more. They'll tell you that they have a great bonus or a company car. But for the most part, if HR along that whole spectrum of the last 40 years or maybe 50 years had looked at position, qualifications, marketplace, and not been focused on what someone was earning, we probably would have less of a pay gap. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you, but I will say this. One of the challenges now that I'm running into is 
uh, who are you using or how are you getting your information on what the marketplace is paying? I have a client that they're they're offering these really low salaries. I know that because I work with a lot of clients and I know what they're paying. And I went back to the company and I pushed back and said, listen, I can't effectively work on your roles because they're under market value of what these positions pay. And their response was, Let's pro- let us provide you the market data that shows that we're in the pay range. And they sent me paperwork from a website, which – uh, again, credible website. You know, I'm not going to say who it is, but it's one of the bigger websites that provide data. And I laughed and said, you know, it's interesting because I'm going to send you three other websites that say you're 15% lower than the market. Who do we go by then? The, the problem now is, is there's no like, maybe this is an app idea. Maybe we should come up with this. There's no like tool that takes all the market websites, you know, all the salary.coms of the world, the, you know, pay scales of the world, and brings all that data into one place and then monetizes it into an average. Well, there is, there are, but just they're not free on the web. Oh, I see what you're saying. Oh, yeah, I got you. Bigger companies have tools and, and well, bigger companies have compensation departments. Although I will note that this company does have a compensation department. And that was what the compensation department sent me. Well, they don't. They and, and what I would say respectfully is that they're not. They they're just not devoting the resources to get the data that they need. Now, mind you, you can be every. You know, every position has a range that spans from the first percentile to the hundredth percentile. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's just a reality. And so, as a company, you can pay bottom quartile. You can pay the bottom ten percent. I mean, there are people. You know, I, you know, I, I, I used to tell people that when I was at a pretty small company in Oregon, I would say, you know, I, in theory, I'd love to believe if the company was going to pay three times my salary as the head of human resources for the small company, that I would still be in that job. But the reality is I probably wouldn't because they'd get someone who was more qualified right. you know, if they were willing to pay three times my salary. And so, yeah, you can. I mean, my title, and this goes back to the mid-'90s, yeah, I had the title, mid-late 90s, I had the title of Director of Human Resources. Okay, I can tell you that I, I wasn't paid on a relative scale what I would be paid today as a Director of Human Resources because at that point I had five years or six years of work experience. But well, I had the title. Well, it also depends on the company. I mean, I had a guy that was a VP of HR making 65 I'm like, yeah. I'm like, wow, you're either very underpaid or that's a really, really nice title for what you do. Yeah. And then I dissected and figured out that it was just a really nice title, right? He really didn't have the breadth of responsibility. It was like a 12-person company. And it, yeah. But it made me laugh because he was applying for a $150,000 a year job. And yeah. his, first, his first assumption is, well, Michael, I'm a VP. This is only a director's job. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. Just because you're the VP, you could be a VP of nothing, <laughs> okay? Right. It doesn't mean that you can run a $3 billion company. You know, it's, it's all relative. And, of course, he didn't like that argument. You know, nobody, yeah. nobody likes to be told they're not worth what they think they're worth. But at the end of the day, titles are titles, right? I mean, I don't care what you call yourself. If you're, you, how you really validate someone is what their skills are, what, what, what their responsibilities are, what their you know, overall budget is, how, who, how many people do they manage. You don't evaluate somebody's worth based on a job title. And those that do are the reason why we're in this situation today. Well, I think though the challenge is, and I'm sure you work with folks out of banking, because I know I, when I was 
just yeah, I know. I was a paralegal at at the time with Shearson Lehman Brothers many you know moons ago, a company that has been merged eighteen times since then. But we had paralegals who were assistant vice presidents. No, I know. You know I know. That's just the way it is. And but but titles matter because people because those paralegals. They cared about that title. Well, yeah, I got an issue. I've been a senior VP of my company for 17 yeah. years. And for 17 years, there's only been a small portion of that time where I actually managed anybody. They mm-hmm. they just, if you, as a salesperson, because that's what I was, I was a recruiter for a long time, yeah. they, they give you a title based on how much money you make the company. I made the company a lot of money. They gave me a fancy title. But here's, yeah. the, here's the problem. I, I may make a lot of money. It has nothing to do with my title, though. It, yeah. I mean, my title. I have people all the time say, well, you're a senior VP. You know, shouldn't you be like the, the creme de la creme? I'm like, not really. <laughs> I'm like, as, as much as I would love to say I'm in the executive club, I'm really not. The problem is, is though, it's a, it's a misconception. So you're abs- I totally agree with you. you and that's another example why you can't really assess somebody's worth based on their title because, I mean, you know, people, there, there are – I've seen receptionists that are called VPs of administration. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, and, that's, and, and it does go to the point, though, kind of back to what I said before about how I think the pay equity problems – came out of HR not doing the really good comp work because the reason at least I would like to believe that in the you know prior lives, obviously before the laws changed, I used to ask about people's pay rate was not because I was looking to jam somebody if they had a lower pay rate. It was because, and in the retail world, okay, the title district manager can range in a small box retailer from a $50,000 a year job to a Walmart, which you know, and publicly, you know, publicly reported, is easily, you know, you know, well over six figures, mm-hmm. and that's the kind of thing. The reason that if I go back, you know, 20 years to why I asked, it wasn't because I was looking. Oh, okay, you're only making 70 grand. I'll pay you 72. It was because your title is HR manager, and I don't have a clue. Or your title is HR VP, and I don't have a clue whether. You're making a quarter million dollars a year because you have everything, or you're making forty-five thousand dollars a year in a twelve-employee company. And, Absolutely. You know, and the unfortunate piece is that it took away. And I understand, and, I, and believe me, I totally get it because there are other ways to do that. But it was a quick and easy way when you were screening resumes uh-huh. to be able to identify what the true scope of the job was. Because yeah, there is a big difference. You could have almost the same resume in a lot of fields. Where, when you find out the person makes sixty thousand versus one hundred and sixty thousand, you realize what the difference in the job is. Right. You know, so not based on gender, but based on you know, based on what what the scope of responsibility is. Right. Listen, Jordan's pleasure. You, you, I, we we breached two topics today. Not 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 at all expected, but it's a good topic. I mean, I, and I was intending on doing something. I'm actually talking to someone tomorrow about women and this disparaging pay gaps and the challenges for women. You know, getting paid you know the same as men and blah blah blah. So we're actually talking. So we're breaching this topic as well. Is there is if somebody if if somebody wanted to say, after the podcast, contact you because they, maybe they're interested in your background or they have a question, can I put your email on there or would you just rather – or could I put your LinkedIn? Um, you, can put my, you can put my personal email on there. It's fine. Okay. Yeah, because, I mean, there, there, may be, yep. there may be people that say, you know, listen to the podcast and say, wow, this guy's brilliant. I love his way of thinking. You know, they may want to hire you, you know, yeah. as a consultant, oh, okay. you know. 
So I want to thank him again for joining us. And don't forget, you can always email me at michael at michaelglinter.com. That's the best way to contact me. You can check out my social media, contact me there, as well as don't forget to subscribe to my podcast, share it with your friends, forward it to people so that we all can help each other. I also love interviewees. So if you want to be on the show, just let me know. And if you have any good ideas for the show, also let me know. And I hope you guys have a wonderful day.